coming to you live on a Monday night. Welcome to the All That Jazz podcast. I am your host, as always, Zach Hazeldine and Ben Jones. Can I just start out and say, also a host, you missed your line. Sorry, my bad. I was going to say the F word, F the Bucks, but uh, we're trying to be a family-friendly program here. Family-friendly program. Um, Before we really dig into tonight's show, Ben and I just had a chance to watch the game. It was a fun time. It was a family affair, being that we Mm -hmm. are family, but it was also a jazz fan affair because Mm -hmm. we're... Jazz First fans. and foremost, fans. Yes. I'd like to take a moment and publicly thank a few key individuals who have recently joined the All That Jazz podcast family. Logan, Cole, Cameron have all recently joined the show. Um, and in other news, we've got a few new followers on our podcast who have also left a few comments and reviews. So far, we're up to five stars. We know that can't stay up forever. But the reviews, as I recall, let's read them from a Mr. Seaman. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know if that's a first name or a last name. Seaman1. He left a comment that said, this is nice. He also said good. Mm. Um, LRD5, this is the best place for jazz tech or jazz talk. Thank you. Go jazz. Uh, Also, thanks for lying, friend surprisingly okay so i think you know thank you to those listening thank you for those that are also uh are active um out on the podcast line giving us Mm -hmm. rating helping some some individuals out um with that being said some also some more exciting news you can now tell your amazon alexa to play the all that jazz podcast by saying is that true yeah have you not tested it yet you can now say Amazon, please play the All That Jazz podcast uh, wow. on your favorite device, and then it will start playing. Wow. We're going places, people. Um, there's that for the intro. Business is out of the way. Um, we have just watched the Utah Jazz try and fall short and try and fall short and try and fall short again against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way of saying it. We w- just would not die. And Giannis Anta Contumbo did a f- fantastic job tonight. Ugh. He looked terrific. Oh, man, that guy. Yeah. Listen, he didn't drop 50 on Rudy Gobert, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a bag session because I usually am at the end of the world when the mm-hmm. Jazz lose. I feel you. Uh, but couple key things that i thought were good i'm going to try to stay on the positive side okay i'll be the negative one well there's plenty to unpack in this game all right key thing number one i thought in the first half and even parts of the third quarter before it really got away from us the ball movement was some of the best ball movement that i've seen this season and also like the most crisp you know like how we've been overpassing a little bit throughout the season oh there were passing lanes open there was ball movement i think it was generating open shots Mm-hmm. Um, I was very happy to see that. Um, the other thing that I think was a little bit of a bright star that kind of dimished towards the end, if yeah. that's even a word, but dimished, a dimmed, it dimmed, dim-ished, <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> um, and a new segment to the show that I'd like to uh, introduce to the fans here: the fess up because we messed up um, portion. Wow, um, fess up because we messed up. Yes, you won't hear Skip Bayless do this. You won't hear, hear Cowherd. No one on ESPN. Bleacher Report, forget it. But on the All That Jazz podcast, we own our mistakes. And when mistakes have been made, we publicly will apologize to those individuals that they have been made to or against. So, who do you want to apologize to, Zach? It's a half apology. How, not even, You're not going to give him a full apology? Not Not deserving of a full apology yet. That apology goes out to Mr. Second Jump himself, Tony Bradley. (laughs) Um, Last week I kind of trashed him. He got a couple DNPs from old old Quinn Snyder. Um, And over the past couple games we've seen a reemergence of old TB. Yeah. Um, TB, what number is he? 13. TB 13. Um, It's like Tom Brady, but not TB 13. Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, with Rudy being out... He has certainly I, – I am impressed. 
the, I have to say, it, the, the, the bar was extremely low. Yeah. I have been really impressed with Tony Bradley. Since we drafted him, the bar was low for me, but I didn't. This is the first time we've seen the fruits of our labors. Yeah. I mean, both games, he has not. He's still really young, too. He has not ticked me off. And I think that's, that's an yeah. important thing. If you get in the game, and that's the difference between Dante Exum. I was trying not to, Ben and I have a goal not to. Do you oh, have your thing? No. We were going to have an elastic, and every time we mentioned his name, we are going to flick ourselves, but instead we'll just pull some arm hair out. Yeah. Every time we mention Dante Exum, um, that hurts. We're going to do that, though. But when Exum gets on the floor, he always is leaving something to be had. He's always, you know, in my mind and in my heart, there's always just that little bit like, if he could just... Uh, if he could just, you know, make make that layup or that three or not throw the ball into the fifth row of the stands. <laughs> I have not had that same impression from Tony Bradley over the last couple yeah. games. It's been easy buckets, making some rebounds, playing some solid yeah. defense. He's playable, which is... What did you just say? Yeah, exactly. Repeat that, it for the kids. Tony Bradley is playable. I never thought, I never thought I would be able to see this from him. He's playable. You can play him in an NBA game. So this is why it's a half apology, and then we'll move on to the real meat of the show. Yeah. Oh wait, before I need to see this while Rudy Gobert is healthy. I don't want to see a guy that can get up for when he's starting and call his mom, and it's this emotional thing that you know, oh, I'm starting, and shows up and plays. I need to see you contribute from the bench because the bench could really use it right now. Yeah. And we really could use a backup center, you know, mm-hmm. until Ed Davis especially is back. Yeah. And even when he's not, even when he is but back, I, he is playing as at a capable level to be backup center. I think it's been efficient. Yeah, like I said, he has not made me mad. So yeah. Tony Bradley, half apology officially issued to you. Yes, owned it on the show. Good job. Let's. You want to start talking about you know some of the Bucks game? What did you think about it? Yeah, let's dive into the meat of this game. Um, what was the the thing that stood out to you the most? Just anything could have been a player, maybe Tony Bradley, maybe whatever. There really is a lot, uh, and I'm, it's it's fresh on the mind. So mm-hmm. give us some give us some slack on the show. These are raw, emotional thoughts coming from some true jazz fans. Um, one of the things that you know I I was kind of seeing once again is kind of like a a good thing. I'm not really hurt from this game. Is like I should be, but yeah, I'm Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah. I've seen that dude and he I mean he had that little mid range going tonight. He had a couple mm-hmm. layups. He kinda led the charge. Yeah. Kind of in the mid fourth quarter to where before we checked in Donovan, I think the lineup we had out there was like Moutier, Ingles, Bojan, Tony Bradley, and Jeff Green, something mm-hmm. like that. And yep. Moutier was kind of leading that unit. Yeah. And it kinda gave me a little bit of hope. Yeah. What did you think? Give us a thought. Well, my thought stems back to the uh, Pelicans game when we were watching Drew Holiday play. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, Joe or Drew Holiday and uh, Moutier have pretty similar offensive talent. If just the way they play, and it made me think, like, hey, I, there's real hope for Moutier in the league. Like that guy is talented. I'll give him that. I I think so, and I yeah. think you know the differences between Moutier and don't say it. Don't say his name. Oh, I'm not going to um, <laughs> Moutier and Holiday. You know, oh, obviously, Holiday's kind of a oh, well, Holiday's much more polished. You know, yeah. I, I don't, oh yeah, we're not going to condone the you yeah. know put the no. show on the yeah. I mean, much we'd get burned if we yeah. but were listen, saying that. Uh, Drew Holiday is you know an incredible defender, and Moody is not that yet. But all I'm saying was, uh, you know, they have you know similar talent and moves. Very I would say. very similar ability to finish at the rim. Yeah, and Moody, I, I was. Two thumbs up for you, man. Yeah. You were the this, pleasant surprise this, of the game. This was an awesome game from him. He's had, you know, he hasn't been perfect, I would say, throughout the season, but I do think he's played well. Like, I, I think he's been able to score. I've been worried about the passing. Most, Not necessarily his vision. Maybe his vision passing to the other team. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I still stick with what I said in week one of this show that you heard heard here first. If you heard it, you know. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, Michael from Emmanuel Scott. Moutier, Michael Scott. Um, the, 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 give him the ball, tell him to go get a basket. And when he gets, you know, throws it into the third row or whatever, <laughs> we're just going to have to live with it. But he's putting up numbers, you know, 12, yeah. 13 points off the bench. That three was really outstanding. clutch. That three tonight was clutch. 
Um, get, I'm throwing it over to you. You give us a first impression from that game. I want to say Boyan, but I'm actually going to say Joe Ingles. Really liked what he did today. I think, you know, I don't know if this is the the coming out game for Joe when he, you know, he's back to his normal self, but it was nice seeing him aggressive in that first half, just driving, getting that, you know, lefty floater he does. So, as well, Bowler Jack says, the dead ball, the knuckleball, <laughs> slow-mo Joe. Yeah, but I, he was shooting. He was aggressive. The thing that I wanted, the thing I noticed about Joe was this: he's not. He wasn't doing anything on the court. Like he was moving the ball, but he he was just kind of standing around. It's like Joe, I want you to do a thing offensively. Like I want you to drive, or I want you to pass, driving kick. I want you to shoot that kind of thing. I want you to run, pick and roll. But you know, we hadn't really seen it up until this game, which really excited me because. Joe Ingles, I believe, is one of the best players off the bench in the league, but he just hasn't shown it so far this season. Well, and he's also, I mean, along with Moutier, he was kind of the Jazz' only hope there in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, he had those back-to-back knuckleball floaters, whatever also, you want to call them. And yeah. the thing that I saw from him, especially in the first quarter and in the first half, was a little bit of confidence and swagger back yeah. in his step. Yeah. That's been missing. Um, Joe, bring it back, man. Come we're, on, Joey. We're, we're talking about a guy who has gotten into Paul George's head, an all-star. Maybe maybe a top 10 player in the NBA. Joe Ingles owned that guy. Okay, We need more of that Joe Ingles. Right, and he, I think we started to see a little bit of that, you know, coming back out, yeah. and, which I am, we please be back, please. especially okay. during this 11-game road trip. Please, 11-day road trip. Yeah. Please be back. Joe, we need you. Yeah. Do you want to say another guy? or do Another you thought go? from the game? Another thought. Um, talked about Moutier, talked talk about, about Joe. I'll I'll save Bojan for you. Okay. Um, something that I just kind of wanted to call out as a whole that I think has been missing, um, and we can kind of get to this later if we have time, but it kind of has felt like down the stretch in the game, in, in the last couple games, I mean, over the last week since last week's show, we got a win against the revenge game against Minnesota, and then we got a win mm-hmm. against the Pelicans and a win against the Warriors. Yeah, two stinky teams. Two terrible teams. Oh, sorry. Wait, can I say something? Go. I want to apologize to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I called them awful last week. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs now. But what I mean by that, I don't think they will, but uh, they're frisky. They're, they're an all right team. Last, last week I said they sucked, but they don't. Piece of jazz history. Hot Rod Hundley. Um, legend. Legend. Um, I would say an, an inspiration to the All That Jazz show. If you haven't ever heard the opening intro, it's his line. Um, credit be to him. Used to call the Minnesota Timberwolves back in the Kevin Garnett days when he was a rookie pestering Carl Malone. Those pesky wolves. And that's. I think that's a fitting description of them. Uh, I don't want to get too far off track because yeah. that was like a week ago. <laughs> and we're talking about this emotional Bucks loss. Yeah. But the thing I saw tonight that I think I, I kind of saw missing, we saw it against the Wolves, but we kind of just steamrolled them and mm-hmm. didn't really look back. Um, it kind of seemed as if we got a little disinterested late in the fourth quarter against both of those other teams on Friday and Saturday yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Against the Warriors, we got stuck at 102 points for like 15 minutes yeah. in the fourth. I, I was killing me. We just melted away a lead. You know, mm-hmm. the Pelicans game, we didn't really melt the lead the same way that we did against Golden State, but it was still a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I saw a lot of passion. Yeah, I saw a lot of fight. I saw a lot of eagerness to defend i all the things that i think quinn is like really pushing these guys to do i think we saw that late and like the resiliency that's needed to win games like this i mean we had no business coming back in that game Mm -hmm. um as the great matt harpering once said the rudy gobert effect uh no Um, (laughs) first to 100 wins the game and that was true tonight Mm-hmm. But I was both teams. I mean, the Bucks hit a hundred at like eight minutes left in the game. Yeah, and the Jazz just would not die. Yeah, and I think that serves us well. I mean, in two-year effect, the Rudy Gobert effect. Another shout out for Harp. Yeah. Um, last one of the game or of the podcast or YouTube 
viewing, however you want to yeah. consume the podcast. It's available in multiple ways. Yeah, you can get it on Spotify, really, really, really you anywhere. You can search anywhere, yeah. all that jazz podcast. Um, we would encourage you every once in a while to take a view at the uh, the YouTube, YouTube stream. Sta- if you stream. Want, if, if you we, we're recording it right now. Yeah. I mean, hello, hello, viewers of YouTube. We love you. Um, mm. The Rudy Gobert effect, I mean, was he not missing? Oh, definitely. I'm going to get into the dark side of this game now. I've said some nice things. (laughs) It's kind of like one of those things where you're giving criticism. You start with Mm -hmm. the nice and then end with the bad, and then somehow it turns out well in the end. I don't know. Before we get to the dark side, let's credit Boyan. Boyan played an unbelievable game. Yes. He was hitting shots. Like, I think he's the most underrated player in the league. I I think we need to start featuring him more. I, I guess. And I, I like, know it's like kind of a weird thing within our system, but I mean, especially like when it's kind of Donovan's team. But what do we do to get him more shots? Well, it goes back to like my thought process on you never want like a fifty percent three point shooter. I think he's shooting like forty five. I want him to shoot more threes because I just know it would help the team. Same with Royce. Royce shoot more threes. But Boyan, it's like I, I knew he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be this tough. Like, that dude uh, wants to win. Well, it, 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 the thing that I really respect about him, and we saw it on full display tonight, is his willingness to get to the basket. Yeah. It's not just a spot-up three-shooter. He's, I mean, he's going into the lane taking a lot of contact. Yeah. And, and, he, uh, and he's finishing, too. Like yeah, pr- Pretty much. Yeah. You know, and I think he's not, I won't get into the officiating. I don't want to we start can. bashing the officials from tonight. Why know, not? Because it was it was okay. I wasn't really ticked off at the refs, <laughs> but I, I do think Bojan does not benefit from getting a lot of calls. I think yeah. I think he misses out on a lot of on a lot of contact stuff yeah. that doesn't get called. Good for him, man. I like that guy. Is I said it again. He's tough. He's so tough. He he is. I mean, and and kind of a to finish up the compliments makes wait. Makes me want to have him fight Joel Embiid. Throwback to the first episode. <laughs> makes me like makes him want to fight anybody. Uh, yeah. Boyan is he, that dude is a winner. Yeah, and he he, he wants to is. win, and that's why he's here. He said it in his mm-hmm. in his uh, preseason interview series or whatever they call that. You know, I'm here because I want to win. Yeah, um, I like it. Big Boyan fans here. Oh yeah, I don't know how you can't be. Like you're watching if you're watching the Jazz, and you think you know who I don't like. This Boyan Bogdanovich guy. The dude just plays his guts out. Yeah. You know what I hate? Open threes. Guys who make shots. Like, get out of here if you hate Boyan Bogdanovich, okay? Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Dark side, let's go to it. A couple other names I wanted to mention with the positive, and I'm, we're not going to get too deep. I'm just going to say their names. All right. In a positive light. Royce O'Neal. I want to – Royce, I said this a little bit earlier. Shoot more threes. I thought he played well tonight. I did too. Great defense, even though Giannis ate our lunch like a bully to a first grader. I don't know. That guy is great. There's nobody did. I mean, when he gets going like that, no one's going to stop Giannis, Belante, Contumbo at any point in time. Yeah. It's like trying to get in front of a freight train. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not. So, Royce. One thumbs up. Royce, you did a good job on, on Giannis, even though he dropped 50. All right. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, we were still in the game. Also, Jeff Green, I thought, had a, played a nice game. He did. Um, I he, he did huck up that air ball that somehow missed yeah. not only the rim, not only yeah. the backboard. Well, it was. <laughs> but four feet of air between all three. I mean, there, there was four feet. It was kind of hard to believe it was a shot. Yeah. Well, I was hoping it got tipped. I feel like Zach's a little less positive because every time Jeff Green made a play, Zach was like in the kitchen or going to the bathroom or something random. Like, he wasn't going to the bathroom. Let's not reveal our secrets on air. <laughs> Go to the, everyone goes to the bathroom. Well, you, but you don't <laughs> say that publicly. Oh, it's gee, Zach wasn't watching the game because he was in the bathroom the whole time. No, no, no. The simple truth was I was taking care of my daughter and I, my wife. I, She's two months old. He may, no, I'm saying you, you weren't in and out of the game, but like – the the like minutes you missed like three minutes. I of did, the game. but but I I also saw his line. Jeff Green I yeah. thought played well. He, he all I'm saying is when he hit shots he's valuable. Well I think he he certainly did that tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Worth his weight in gold Shout out, out there. Yeah. Medium players lukewarm. Gorgeous Georges Niang. We'll get into that in a minute. I don't want to yeah. comment any further. We'll save it. 
Um, terrible performers. I didn't really see anything that I was like, ooh, that guy sucks. Yeah, well, Mike there Conley. aspects of the game. Conley was kind of, he was lukewarm at best tonight. I think he was like fringe lukewarm, fringe bad. You know, he yeah. had some moments. Yeah, he was, he was great moving the ball. In the first half especially, yeah. I mean, he was generating tons of passes and assists. Mm-hmm. And What did he finish assist-wise? Let's look this eight, up. Eight assists. Uh, well, so I've had Mike Conley in fantasy basketball. Carry the show. Yeah. And he, there's been some games with him where I, I just need him to get zero points and I'll win. And he gives me negative five and I lose. That part has sucked. I know who Mike Conley is. I we we've seen him for twelve years. He's got the show stamp of approval. So he finished tonight yeah. with six points, two of ten shooting, zero for three from three. So that's uh, I don't know math very well, but that's twenty uh, percent by my calculations. Yeah. Well, uh, we talked uh, about two this rebounds, last week. nine assists. Nine. So the nine assists is good. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see him get up to ten. Yeah. I think the offense would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, with Conley, we talked about this last week. Like. When you, Just an off night for him. Yeah. When you're comfortable running an offense or a system or however you want to say it, when you're comfortable, you don't have to think about where someone else is going to be, where you have to be, where all that stuff. Conley still is not 100% there with the whole offense. Well, and you're playing a really good defensive team in the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I know that I have Chris Middleton. We didn't have Rudy, but... Though that's that doesn't excuse – I mean, th- their guards are nasty. I mean, we kind of yeah. saw that at the end of the game tonight when – Yeah, those guys are tough. Who are those dudes? DiVincenzo and who's the other guy? Connaughton. Pat Con- Connaughton. Uh, Patty Connaughton. Yeah. Mr. I try to block three shots from behind over the top that should be called a foul. Um, yeah. Anyways, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. This is the ugly. Um, hide your kids. Plug their ears. Oh, um, boy. What the hell on rebounding? <laughs> Did you see that stat wait, they showed wait, in like the, third, like the third quarter? Yeah, wait, wait. It was like the fourth quarter, like three minutes left. And they we like they had like 28 <laughs> second chance points to our two. Are you kidding me? So you said all of that just to say what the hell? <laughs> I, well, it's like a call out. Yeah. No, I I'm 100% with you. That was embarrassing. I think was it 26 point uh, second chance points? It, it was something in the high 20s, 26 or 28 yeah. second chance points to our two. Ridiculous. T W O, two second chance points. And I like I I have to apologize to Tony Bradley, but that is a team effort Definitely. kind of a thing that's just and we saw that time and time again where Giannis was getting like 30 second chance mm-hmm. points. The Covington was or not Covington. Con, what is his Connaughton. name? Connaughton. He stole a couple. Uh, yeah. Everybody was just getting in there and just and, and there was that one towards the end where Joe kind of had a box out and we didn't even touch anybody. And it's just like, dude, you just gave up a wide like it killed it's, us. It's not even a long rebound. It's yeah. like this little bunny, like right at the basket. Yeah. You just reach up and grab. It killed us. And it everyone's really just standing around looking at each other. I always talk about this. I feel like I say the Jazz is awful stats, and then I'm like, oh yeah, we lost by two. You know, we gave up 26 second chance points, Ugh. and it was a close game. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's we got a one right there. Just yeah. limit second chance points, and Giannis probably doesn't even score 50 because he just yeah. throws the ball at the rim 17 times and comes up with 16 boards until it goes in. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. The Gampa Tatumbo way. You know what else is interesting? 17 turnovers. Ah. We gave up 17 turnovers. But here's an interesting thing. Uh, we got nine. Uh, the Bucks forced nine turnovers. Or did I say that right? I don't know. The Bucks had nine turnovers. We had seventeen points off turnovers, though. We had eighteen points off turnovers, and they had only had twenty points off turnovers. So we played well, turning the ball Defending over in transition. in transition. So I don't know what that falls under. But, Maybe the lukewarm category. But what again, I'm saying is of good and bad. We almost doubled their turnovers. With but, half as many. Yeah, but all that needs to clean up. All I'm saying is if we're almost doubling their turnovers, that, we just, that just can't happen. I'm sorry. No, I mean, and that, I mean that's two basic things. I mean, I'm not going to be analytics guy, mm-hmm. you know, on the show, but I'm willing to bet that the likelihood of us winning dramatically increases by at least three times if uh, we rebound the ball. 
and if we limit turnovers. Yeah. And it's just, it's just simple basketball. It goes back to the basics. But, hey, the thing I like about that, those are fixable issues. Well, they are, and I complimented the Jazz effort tonight, and I, I still stand by that. I thought the effort was there tonight. Yeah. I just There's just a little bit of stuff that, like, you, you if you're going to win games like that, you got to play disciplined. And that means you – I mean, go back to the Mike Conley stuff – where we're going to pay him 100 bucks for every time he doesn't box out. Maybe we should start keeping track of that on the show, and maybe we should start finding guys who don't box out. But good heavens, have mercy on us all and box somebody awful. out. Well, I also I think it was because we were playing Jeff Green at the five. I didn't, we didn't mention that. but Jeff, Jeff Green, Green can box out. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're playing such a small lineup, that's kind of what you gave up, right? I mean, I get that, but, but also you should not have will, been. It is inexcusable what happened, right? And you know the turnovers thing. It's I I feel like until we you know to Ben's excellent point that I feel like printing and putting on the wall back here until Mike Conley doesn't have to think about the offense, we will be mediocre at best. <laughs> um, until that happens, I I feel like the turnovers are going to kind of stay high, and hopefully yeah. we can limit them. Yeah. Um, it's it, sloppy play needs to get cleaned up. Oh yeah, I mean that's the th- but that's that's the nice thing about these issues that we're facing. It's the beginning of the season, turning the ball over, rebounding, rebounding is an effort. You know, stat. Also, it's a focus stat. If you're you know paying attention to when the ball goes up, that kind of thing. Find your man. But turnovers, it's like oh, it's like you know you shouldn't do them in the moment. Um, and it just kind of happens, you know. Yeah. That, that'll get cleaned up, I think, once everyone. Well, and credit them too. Has, I mean, they you know, they they got long guys, they got big guys, they got weird guys, they got just all sorts of guys that do weird things out there on the Bucks, yeah. and they played well. I mean, I they won. I think they deserved to win. We had no business being in that game, and well, it's the simple truth. The thing that sucked is we were winning most of the game. We did, and then we flushed it all down the toilet. And I don't know why that happens. I don't they know. Went, they if just it's... went on a run. They they just decided, hey, you know what might be a good idea? Let's hit some threes. You know, they did, and yeah. it, it kind of brings me to an, another part of the show to move this. Uh, are along. we? We're done with the game. We're done. Well, it, it, it ties into this game, but it ties right. into a thread that I've seen over the course of the year, and it's a popular discussion point amongst you jazz fans at work with your friends and family, at the water cooler, on the court, um, and maybe even in your own head. But tonight on the Utah Jazz, best podcast out there, all that jazz. We are the best Utah Jazz podcast. Read our reviews. I mean, they speak for themselves. Surprisingly good. Surprisingly Surprisingly. okay. (laughs) If you listen to this, you are surprised. Whether it's bad or good, you're surprised. Exactly. Exactly. we're going to go ahead and fix the Utah Jazz biggest problem that I see so far in a new segment called How Do the Jazz Fix Their Bench? Oh, boy. <laughs> Where do we even start? Do we want to talk about buyout, guys? Potential buyouts? Or do we want to talk about I want to trades? start with what we've got. Okay? okay. Let's understand the current state of what we've got and then go from there and build it from the ground up. Do you want to start? Do we have a bench deficiency on the Utah Jazz team? Yes or no? Answer right now. Go Ben. Yes. Simple as that. Tell me what you think and why. Here's what I think. Um after Joe Ingles and I I would put Ed Davis in this category too. After those two, even though Ed Davis is injured, after those two, I'm not confident in night-to-night production of anyone. Not even Moutier, who we shadowed out on the show. Not Moody. I, 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 I like what he's done for us. I think he's been pretty good. I still think he has some mistakes he needs to fix, some frustrating things, but I think he's going to get better. I just don't think you can re- rely on him night to night. And I agree. I Well, I think Moutier is good as long as there's somebody else out on the floor yeah, that can maybe. relieve the pressure from him. Um, I want to look at this piece by piece. All right, so we got Moutier. We got I put Joe Ingles in the second unit at this point. But he, he we've discussed a, him. He has had a very lackluster beginning to the season. Yeah, but I tonight think, was a little bit better. Like we're not going to erase yeah. that. And he's had his moments. He passed uh, Voldemort in uh, th- all-time three points made for the Jazz he in who, one less season. He who must not be named. Before we trash him, shout out to Joe Ingles. I think it's six hundred and ninety made threes. 
which passes Voldemort, um, Gordon Haywood. Yeah. Uh, and three points made. Yeah. Good, good for good for Joe. It, with that being said, I it's no surprise he has been pretty not not great. mentionable so yeah. far. No one on the bench yeah. really. Okay, so then you move on to the rest of the second unit. Jeff Green. Yeah. Jeff Green. I mean, once again, it's kind of like a, yeah. yeah. Once again, if you put him in with the starters, he does some things. But if you put him yeah. in the second unit, it's kind of bad. I think he might be leading the league. And we'll get some analytics guy. We we, sh- you know who we should call? We should call our pal Analytics Sam sometime. <laughs> See if he can give us a call. We have a buddy named An- Analytics Sam. For identity's sake, we will we'll not reveal his real name. But he's always like, well, actually, Jeff Green is not leading the league and taking and, and giving out charges. But for the sake of the show, I'm going to say that Jeff Green probably leads the league in giving charges. <laughs> he gets charged. Is it just me that sees that? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's probably mean, like, I don't think I saw one tonight, which is actually remarkable. <laughs> but anytime that dude catches the ball in the three line, is going towards the rim, guaranteed a charge is coming. Guaranteed. <laughs> it happens four times a night. Yeah. He could foul out on charges, which would be a first. Yeah. I would, with Jeff, it's like there are times he looks like a zombie just walking around, running up and down. But I think his value comes only really when he's hitting shots. You know, that's when he's, you know, good. And the thing about him is, like, he's not always hitting shots. He's, you know, pretty inconsistent about it, I would say. Yeah, and, and once again, I think he's but a I, great I do, guy to plug yeah. in and play with the starters. I just don't think you can rely on him to carry the second unit. Yeah, I don't think he's been bad, but I don't think he's been good either. No. Okay, so moving on. We got – well, and it's kind of fair to be judging the second unit this harsh. It's unfair without Ed Davis, but – we kind of saw a little bit of what that was about too, and yeah. I don't really think Ed Davis is going to fix. He's not going to fix everything. everything. Maybe no we way. get a few more rebounds. Maybe we get a few more stops, but yeah, he's not going to be a world beater either. Either. Mm-hmm. So we've got Ed Davis covered. We got Joe Ingles covered. We got Jeff Green covered. We got, got Moody pretty much covered. Who gorgeous Georges Niang, the best nickname on the show, definitely. If we knew him, I'm sure we'd be friends. But <laughs> listen, we I didn't go into this tonight. In my head. I'm friends with every jazz player. Oh, yeah. They have an open invite on the show. They can open walk invite. down here right now. Show up to Zach's house. Well, Coming on the show. Yeah. To, to the set. Not Zach's house. Sorry. Set. Not yes. Zach's house. To the set. To um, the set. And open invite to any of you jazz players out there. Yes. Um, with that being said, gorgeous Georges Niang. I put him in the lukewarm category tonight because he got in and made shots. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's. I'm glad he's making shots, but I'm really not overly glad because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, it's like going home and making your mom give you ten bucks for a C, and it's like you know that's <laughs> or a B. You know what I mean? It's like okay, that's what you're supposed to do. That is the best comparison I've heard. Ten dollars for a C. Yeah, yeah, come on, mom, pay up, and it's like that. That's the bare minimum. Like you're yeah. supposed. You're a professional player. Like make yeah. shots. The thing that really put him in the lukewarm category is I feel like sometimes he gets outside of his bounds. He gets outside of his abilities to play. I know what you mean. And forces up shots and chucks up shots. Tonight he had this little, like, turnaround jumper. The, yeah, that mid-range. Oh, my gosh. And I and it was in a crucial moment of the game. We have Joe Ingles that's, like, made back-to-back knuckleballs, or maybe it was right around that point. I feel yeah. like it was the fourth quarter. And he knocked down a couple threes at that point, yeah. and then he missed a couple threes, and then he pulls out this like dream shake that mm-hmm. shook nobody, and then hit nothing but I mean threw up the biggest brick I've ever seen. <laughs> and I just see stuff like that, and I'm like, Kate, those are the plays that we cannot have from Gorgeous Georges Niang. Yeah, well, here, with Niang, I was like, I talked about this during the game. It's like he was hitting shots today, so he was fine. When he's not hitting shots, it's like you gotta take that guy out of the game, because he doesn't. He's not like I don't. I wouldn't consider him a, an awful defender. He tries. He's not an athlete. He's just not quick or athletic enough to. Well, be Well, and he valuable. doesn't really provide a spark. Yeah. You know, which kind of brings me to the reason why this is, you know, summing it all up. And we haven't mentioned one other guy that belongs on the second unit. And I know all of you 
fans of this particular place um, have are probably itching in your skin to hear me talk about it. But I, do we even? I doubt we have any Exum Islander Highlanders. Pull it, Dante Exum. Same time. Oh crap! Oh, that's a good one. It's more arm hair out. Um, that's how we prevent a rant. This is my point, though. And, I, and Exum didn't even get time tonight. He didn't even make the floor. I don't even know if he was dressed. I thought I saw him in a in street clothes. I'm wondering. I, I know he didn't play. Um, maybe yeah. they got him on a pitch count. I think I saw that somewhere. Yeah, that's probably it. But um, the point of this all is, is with the bench in the second unit, is we do not have a guy on there that provides a spark. We have no spark player on there. Yet. Yet. Um, that's the current state. Yeah. So what do we do to fix it? Let's move this this segment of the show along. We're going to try to keep this under 50 minutes tonight. we got kids that need to go to bed <laughs> yeah. that are up late listening to this stupid thing. Yeah. Well, should we start with uh, potential trades or buyout? I think we are probably bigger players for the buyout, yeah. buyout market than we are the, the second unit. Okay, I got... Um, that buzzing, I really apologize. Uh, yeah. Our set is actually located in a basement, and the furnace is just kicked on. Um, hopefully that goes away. Yeah. Okay, so there's uh, five buyout guys. Wait, five? There's four, actually. Sorry. Four buyout guys. Potential buyout guys. I want you to rank them. Of who I would prefer to get? Yeah. Okay. So I'll start uh, Marcus Morris. He only has a one-year contract with the Knicks. The Knicks stink. And Marcus Morris may also be insane. He is a crazy person. Okay, uh, so there's one. Jay Crowder, former jazz man. Love Jay Crowder. Love Jay Clam Crowder. He listen, he might not be incredible. He's not a world beater, but he plays his guts out, which we respect on this podcast. CJ Miles, another former oh, jazz man. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay, go on. And the last one, Marvin Williams, another potential for, or a former Jazz man, maybe potential buyout. Okay, so where do you want me to start? Uh, which which guy do you have last? Number four, C.J. Miles. Oh, and I all think right. for all you older Jazz fans out there, some of you younger fans, like me, yeah, I have nightmares about what <laughs> C.J. Miles did to this team during the Sloan era. <laughs> And towards the closing part of the Sloan era. You talk about promise. You talk about, like, oh, the 20-year-old from Skyline High School in Texas. Uh, they just went 0 for 9 for 3 again. I don't think I, in my lifetime I had a running joke with my dad, um, who is a fr- friend of the show and, you know, obviously relative of the show. He used to call me um, in college, and he would call me anytime. That C.J. Miles made a three. Guess how many calls I got? <laughs> I think none. I used to get a call at the end of the game that would say, man, that kid really sucks. But I'll tell you what. I know he had a career. I know he went on and played with the Raptors. and The Pacers. The Pacers and kind of had some, some success around that. He was that. good. He figured it out. I would not touch him with a ten-and-a-half-foot pole. Just because and for of- anyone else that remembers those years, oh, my gosh. It was like watching molasses try to come out of a tree, waiting for him to produce. That's how long it took, waiting for anything to turn out. It was, it, it may have been worse. Before there was Exum Island, it's starting to hurt. Um, before there was Exum Island, there was C.J. Miles Island, which was located near it. And let me tell you how we survived the C.J. Miles Island days. We abandoned it. We let him go. We cut him. And then guess what? The island disappeared and we didn't have to worry anymore. So he's dead last. Get him off the list. Wow. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Brian. Uh, listen, that, I think that CJ Miles is good. I'm a younger jazz fan. We'll admit. I'm not going to disclose my you age. Don't, do you know him as a jazz man or do you know do. him as a raptor? I was in grade school. I'm not going to say which grade, but I was in grade school when he was a jazz man. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I remember watching that guy just brick after brick after brick. Didn't he once drop 58? Or am I just making that up? I think you're making like, that up. No, I'm telling you. I swear there was a Go game. to the tapes. On air. We're I, going to the tapes. Okay. Anyways. C.J. Miles, he, I know Zach is talking about the whole jazz fan thing from back in the day. Guess what? 
that guy had a legit career. He could he can still play a little bit. I think he can could help this team. Just you know, shooting the ball. You think he gives lefty. us a spark? Maybe his career uh, high is forty. So forty. Oh, I'm actually mind. completely blown away by that. Fifty. So what? That you, ma- you guessed high. I wouldn't have guessed below twenty. <laughs> I would have guessed about twenty would have been his career high. Yeah. So we'll split the difference and say we yeah, came out I mean, even. He's. I mean, listen. I think he can play. Okay. So next up on the list. So the next three options are. Am I guessing or are you? No, you are. Okay. This is your list, man. Okay, so and you're presenting it, and I'm ranting about yes. it. So yes. So CJ Miles dead last. <laughs> I'm actually gonna put Jay Cram Crowder on list list third, and that hurts me because I am a Cram Crowder fan. A cr- uh, yeah, blah, Clam blah. Crowder <laughs> f- fan. Clam yeah. Crowder fan. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Another nickname invented here on the show. The reason why I don't like him though, and why I've put him on third in third place is because I feel like him and Jeff Green have too similar of a game. Yeah, I know what you mean. And they're both kind of chuckers from three right now. Jeff yeah. Green probably is a little bit more efficient, a little bit more polished. Yeah, I and, think and once the offense capable. gets rolling, it, yeah, I think once the offense gets rolling, we'll see a more efficient Jeff Green. I don't think Crowder brings that. He does bring a physicality mm-hmm. to the floor, and I do think it would be interesting to see him plugged into the power forward role with the starting unit. Crowder um, or Green? Crowder. Crowder. I, I, I really I, would be interested to see that. I'd Royce love to is, see it. Royce is better than Crowder ever was, really. I think so, too. But if you like yeah. put him in at the four, especially with Rudy out, I think that just brings a physicality that nobody else could ever bring to the table. Yeah. So that's kind of the case for him, I guess. Jay Crowder but is someone third. I really respect. I think he's a he's an Great incredible dude, incredibly six hard foot three worker. power forward. <laughs> could go... Six of six from three or one of 12. Yeah. You know, just kind of up in the air. I don't know if that gives us a spark, though. Yeah. Next, I'm down to two choices. Marvin Williams or Marcus Morris? Marcus Morris Ooh. <laughs> is in second place, which means Marv is in first. Uh, Marcus Morris, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Marcus Morris is... I think he is a he is one comment from a fan away from Malice in the Palace too. <laughs> I legitimately oh, think I that it. he is an insane person. I love him. Um, I love that guy. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. I don't. Know I am really a- really intrigued by him, and I, the reason why yeah. is because I think he can stretch the floor. I think he could play the four. I think he could play the five. I think he could defend both. And he can pass the ball relatively well. Like I don't think he'll come here, but he's he's kind of a chucker. He totally yeah. is a little bit, but when he gets it hot, I mean that's kind of. Well, yeah. I think he might be able yeah. to provide a spark off yeah. the bench, and I'm not insane by saying that. I don't. No, think. I, I. He's I, insane. I, I I'm not. <laughs> Listen, Marcus Boris is like. Maybe I am. He's he's like good, but also like, is he good? Is what I would say. Like. He's a chucker. Now, is he the one that was on Boston, or is that his brother? No, he was on Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of, and, and I, I kind of liked what he brought to the table there. Yeah. Well, Another physical dude. Um, he's, he, that dude. If you talk about guys we want to fight, Joel Embiid, he's he would be a, maybe top, at the of, the top of the list. Top of the list. Um, I think he's he's listen. I think he brings a physicality. I think him and Ed Davis. Oh. On the second unit oh. would be a nightmare to play oh, against. Man. Forget about rebound problems. Yeah, I mean those two are going to bully guys. All I, I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, I don't think he'd be interested in coming here, but and I think as far as providing a spark, I'm a fan. And, and I don't think he's been like a bad teammate. I like he he does shoot a little bit too much, and that kind of thing is a problem. But uh, I don't know how coachable he is. We'll see about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and I, I'd, I'd be is, interested to see what Brad Stevens has to say. Wonder, get, I don't. That's a that to me, Brad Stevens is an enemy of the show. That guy is worshipped by the NBA Twitter and all that, and by the all the losers. Listen, that guy's a good coach. He is not this next Popovich bullcrap I've been hearing for the last five years. That is some, that is awful. I hate Brad Stevens because of his stands. I'm. There, that I. Oh, I why are, are you even, ranting? I am. Uh, Isn't why, that my job? Yes. <laughs> why are we even talking about Brad Stevens? What? Oh, we were talking about Mook. Listen, he's good. We saw. We, I'm proud of you. Yeah. 
I'm pretty, ladies and gentlemen, a uh, first of the show. Yeah. Ben's first rant. I really hate Brad Stevens. I don't like him either. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Him and Gordon Haywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can just kind of go off into La La yeah. Land and they can hold hands at the park and oh, kiss Gordon. on the, on, on yeah. the bridge. Oh, Gordon. Like, oh, Gordon. You're so great. How's your broken hand? Yeah. Um. Anyways, I, I I wonder how coachable he is. I wonder, yeah. you know, whatever. He's he's a crazy person. Which brings me to last place, Marvin Williams. Marv, another former Jazz guy, liked what liked what he brought to the table here. He was here oh. during the Corbin years. Um, was okay. I think we kind of gave him a second chance, though, and I think he actually played really well mm-hmm. with Charlotte. Um, I he thought he was play. under control. I don't know if he's the exact spark. Yeah, that he needs, but I think of that bunch, he may be the safest bet. Exactly, he may be the why, most consistent. Yeah. He's definitely the safest bet. He's a, he can kind of do what you need, what we need. He's a little bit bigger at the four, which we don't we don't have a lot of size at the four, is what I've noticed. Um, no, and I, I I well especially with Rudy out and yeah. Ed Davis out. I mean, you you're yeah. asking guys to kind of play both. Uh, which makes it tough. So, anyways, and, and he's a pro's pro. Like that guy is another class act. He's yeah, a class I mean, act. I had no, I actually really liked him here. Um, mm-hmm. Stretches the floor well, rebounds fairly well. The problem is he may be older than. Yeah, he's got to be forty-two. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, maybe he's not forty-two, but he's like thirty-four, I think. Or 35. He's old. He's pretty old. He's old. He, he makes might Mike Conley old. look young. <laughs> Mike Conley's only thirty. Two. <laughs> I thought it was 31. I don't know Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, that's my answer. Um, yeah. Very quickly, because we're on the 47-minute mark. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, we, and we have we, some, some other news we'd like to get to um, around the NBA. Uh, the trade market, without any close to no analysis, I want to list a name, and then I want you to list a name. All and right. We'll see where we yeah. land. The name that I think would be a guy that we could trade for in order to buy, provide a spark to the second unit, Robert Covington. Yeah. And I'm going to do Jazz Nation a favor, and I'm going to send Dante Exum and his island. Ow! Cow! All right. We got to do rubber bands next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dante and two second round picks or something like that. I mean, I think yeah. it kind of depends on where Memphis is at or not Memphis, uh, Minnesota's at in the next 15 days. Yeah. Cause I think that's when he's available. We'd have up until the trade deadline, but I think the earliest we could get him is December 15th, something like that. I think we can get him right now because of he wasn't. Oh, cause he summer. was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He was before the summer happened uh-huh. um, in the Philly trade. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I'm intrigued by Covington. Mm-hmm. And I, I am intrigued by his ability to be integrated into this first unit. Yeah. But I'm also intrigued. I I think he could be an energy guy that you could put out there next to Joe Ingles, next to yeah. – with this second unit that we've mentioned. Yeah. And have him kind of carry the load a bit. We could, I don't know how good he is at creating a shot. He's not. He's he's. Think about it this way. Three and D. He's kind like of a Royce. Thing. Yeah. A little bit more polished version of Royce. Yeah, He he's like a – Better at forcing turnovers than Royce. Like he's really great at but he with plays steals and hard. blocks. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I think he's another kind of class act. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's a streaky shooter, but it's not like the bad streaky. Sometimes it's like the really good streaky where he's just hitting, just shots. He did that against us, but he did. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think in Quinn's offense, if you can get someone out there that can run, just the point guard. I think it generates open threes. Yeah. You need guys out there that are going to knock them down. And Covington is certainly that. Yeah, well, Covington... And, is, he, and he plays good defense. Yeah, what's like the opposite of a point forward on defense? Because that's what Covington is, where he can that's guard... That's an interesting take. Like, he can guard one through four. I don't know what... Like, uh, well, I don't know how to describe that. I'll think of that, a word for that, but... Um, a defensive point forward is what I'll call it. Basically, this guy can can legitimately defend one through four well. He can do a good job. Well, I think it gives you flexibility. Yeah. You know, with Royce and with you know who plays in starter oh, minutes, yeah. who doesn't. I think Covington may even threat who starts and who doesn't. I mean, I think. Yeah. But I think he yeah. at least gives you another weapon that you can stagger minutes and alleviate. Yeah. Some of this. Second unit problem. Yeah, you go. Yeah, I liked I like Covington. I think the only concern is 
Is Minnesota going to trade him? But probably not. I don't know. It depends on if they're sucking or yeah. if they're, yeah. you know. If you can convince them that they're not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think he probably is up for grabs. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully they tank. Um, Wiggins is back. It's possible. My guy is uh, Thaddeus Young. Thad Young. Thad Tell Young. us why. Well, to start, he was a teammate with Boyan in Indiana. Uh, he's he's one of the better. I think he was all-NBA all all defense, first or second team. He was one of those last season. He's a legitimate switchable defender. He's a four. Mm. He's we, we talked about um, we always kind of want that guy that we can throw at the LeBron Kawhi. I think Thad Young is that guy. Um, just, Does he shoot the three ball? See, that's the question. Yes and no. So he's good enough. He's capable, but he's is not. Is he above a, Jay Crowder or below Jay Crowder? Above above Jay Crowder. Is he? Uh, never mind. We'll leave it at that. I'll take it. And and that puts him at like thirty five percent, thirty six percent. And and Thad Young can play make a little. You know, he can score. He, I just think um, he's a great. He's a good teammate. He he might be up for grads because the Bulls stink. Oh, they're terrible. Awful. Jim Boylan, holy smokes! How is that guy? Lock him into practice, man. Lock him in and make him run. Four hours. (laughs) Yeah, but anyways, yeah. You know, I really hope Trey Lyles ends up playing for Boylan at some point in time. (laughs) Well, you know, he's too busy sucking on the Spurs for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do we get Donovan for Trey Lyles in the twenty-fourth pick? Wait, say that again. We traded Trey Lyles in the 24th pick and got oh, yeah. Some, that, yeah, Some Denver Nuggets hate. Enemies to the show. Enemy, Denver Nuggets, yeah. Oh, I hate the Nuggets. Talk about a team <laughs> I don't believe in. It's the Denver Nuggets. And yeah. I know they, we won five in a row. Yeah, it went five in a row in the playoffs, pals. Got bounced. <laughs> Just right. get out of here. So those are the trade targets. Anyone, anyone else here interested in There's There's a bunch team. of others. I mean, there's rumors out there. We, we need to wrap it up because we're at 52 minutes. It's going to be a mm-hmm. long one tonight. Um, but we've got Aaron Gordon's been mentioned everywhere. We'd yeah. have that be a blockbuster trade. I don't. I don't think we have the the salary to make it happen. I, I don't either. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys that might uh, be out there. Another Magic, uh, Alfred Camino might be available. He might not be bad. We were rumored to be getting him. Um, the other one that I wanted to mention that I am interested in, and I think the numbers are close salary wise, mm-hmm. from everyone's favorite dumpster fire of a team with the worst owner in the league. Mm. Possibly ever, oh. Bobby Portis Jr. All right, mm-hmm. he hits three ball. He defends. He's he's big. He stretches the floor. He can play the five. He can play the four. He he's, can defend the three. He can defend all the way up to the five. And most importantly, he can knock your lights out. Bobby Portis Jr. I I may like him more than Covington. Um, oh. I think I think he is a spark, the exact spark that we need. I think he's tough. I think he's nasty. I think he rebounds. All right. He also may be insane. Yes. He's on a That's sixteen we million a year to. contract. That's a lot of money. I think Bobby Portis might be the kind of crazy though that you need. I think he's in the same territory as uh, Marcus Morris. Yeah, and them together, I mean, it's only a matter of time before that bomb goes <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> maybe it's like, hey, we both want to fight people, and maybe that's their like. Uh, Maybe that's their relationship. Maybe they just are side-by-side fighting. Maybe them against the world. Um, anyways, I'd be really interested in him in, in him coming here. He was rumored to be interested in coming here this offseason. Right. It is my personal belief that the bogey acquisition um, ruined that. I think we probably had a deal done with him. Um, oh, really? That's what Tony Jones was reporting. Is really? It was that close. Um, if that's... you recall back to July, wow. it was that close. That's, that shocks me because... We aren't. We're a very big culture team. Like we really care about. I, and that's what I'm saying. Like I think kind of guys. I don't know how crazy Bobby Portis is. Yeah. I know he punched Miritich, Miritich, right? Yeah, Miritich, not Miritich. I'm not. Who, who's to say that he didn't deserve it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's done one thing. He got one fight in practice. His mom got scared. He sent him with his auntie and his uncle in New York. And we need to bring him home to Utah. And I think that would – All right. I, you want to know how to fix the bench, I think we trade for Bobby Portis Jr. Mm-hmm. Dante Exum to the Big Apple with a second-round pick okay. and a nice handshake on the way out. All right. And Bobby we will Portis. fix them. They get another second guy that can play with Dennis Smith Jr. And who's that other French dude? Frank Nitalikina. 
Nikolakina, between him and Wonka Katumbo. I mean, that's a lot of names mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think that's how you fix it. All right. Do you want to go into stat corner? The stat nerd, whatever? The reading of the stats? The reading of the stats. Analytics Sam would be mad. Go right. ahead and read it. All right. So I'm this this is a new segment thing we're going to introduce. This is kind of we're going to try and end every show with like something we do whether it's a game, you know, stat read or you know that kind of thing. Um let's start right here. What is the Jazz's defensive rating? What what are we ranked in the NBA? Are you uh, asking me? Am I supposed to I'm guess? asking. I, okay. I want you to guess, and then I'll say So this is our fun segment, the yeah. game segment, where Zach gets to make a fool of himself. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, what are the Jazz ranked in defensive rating? It's got to be high. I'm going to say we are number three. Three. So I, I checked this game. I did. I checked this before the Bucks game, so it might change. The Jazz are first in defensive rating. Wow. First in defensive rating. Wow. How's that to all you preseason haters out there? Yeah. And to analytics, Sam. Just proving more. The preseason doesn't mean shit. Okay. <laughs> Let's go the next one. This is a really nerdy, nerdy, nerdy stat. What are the Jazz ranked? Will you read it with your nose plugged? What are the Jazz ranked? <laughs> In screen assists in the NBA. Uh, that's got to be first. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Rudy Gobert like, leads the league in screen assists, right? Yeah. And everybody else is in it. I mean, they pump that on Root Sports and Locked On and all that yeah, stuff. You got it. Screen assists, first place. Not no yeah. surprise. Good job. Um, What percentage from three are the Jazz as a team shooting? Ooh. 19th. No, no not what rank. Where are they ranked? What percentage? Oh, what percentage is yeah. a team? Um, it's not great, but it's not bad either. I'm going to say we are at 35%. No, we are 20. We're shooting 28% from three. Oh, man. That's brutal. If you told me, hey, the Jazz are going to shoot 28%, but they're going to be 10. Are we 10 and 6? 10 and 6. 10 and 6. Jazz are 10 and 6, shooting 28% from three. Good news. I, and that's only going to go up from there. We got way too many guys. We just, mm-hmm. once again, Joe, Donovan, start hitting some threes. Okay, here's a bench stat. Bench net rating. What are the Jazz ranked? How many teams are in the NBA? 32? 30. 30. 30. We, we, we are ranked 32. <laughs> There's only 30 teams. Duke's basketball team in college is above us. and. <laughs> <laughs> we we are dead last in bench rating. That's what I'm trying to Net say. Net rating. We're 17th. Wow. So it's how do you worse than that? I'd love to see the teams yeah. who are worse. Here's here's uh, we'll add. Jazz are second in bench defensive rating. So we play good defense on the bench. But 30th in offensive rating. <laughs> it proves my point home. We need Bobby Portis Jr. Well, also or Rob Covington. Also, stagger Mike Donovan and Boyan for offensive help on the bench for 48 minutes. Yeah, we got to have one of those guys yeah. on the floor. And uh, the simple truth is, as a team, we can't have that. What are the Jazz ranked in effective field goal percentage? Yeah, we're getting. This is a tough one. We're getting really nerdy. Yeah, this is stats for the stat geeks. Yeah. Um, can you read the question once more, yes. Your Honor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz bench or no sorry. Blech. Jazz bench. What are they ranked in effective field goal percentage? I don't even know what a good one is. Uh What are they ranked? Effective field goal percentage. Oh, where do they where do they rank? Yeah. Uh I'm gonna say probably like thirteenth or fourteenth, probably middle of the pack. Twentieth. Ooh, that uh, yeah, that's actually so we, uh, we're upper half of the bottom bottom half of the league. Okay. Barely. Um. That's not good. Yeah. Per 100 per- possessions, what are the Jazz ranked in turnovers? So, and by ranked, the top I'm gonna guess it's right around defensive, probably 20th or 22nd, meaning that we were bottom half of the league. This is gonna shock you. Per 100 possessions, we're second. Meaning that we don't turn the ball over that much? Yes. 
I, it's I, not the truth tonight, folks. When I was reading that, I was shocked. I was yeah, like, I'm there is too. no Especially way. with the way, the way Conley's been dishing it to the other folks. Okay. And uh, Is this our last day? This is the last one. Per 100 possessions, what are the Jazz ranked in defensive rate rebounds per game? Tenth. Fifth. So that's not bad. Yeah. So what you're telling me from a statistical perspective, yeah. our offense stinks, our defense is really good, and we get a decent number of defensive rebounds. Yeah, so that's about you the know. Bench plays saying. good D, they just can't score the ball. Yeah. And I think the picture painted from analytics. This yeah. has been an official reading of the stats. Reading of the stats. So that I think that wraps it up, right? I think we're good. I think we're about there. Uh, this has been our longest show. It's been our first post-game show. Yeah. We had much to discuss. Uh, we kept it relatively lot. quick. We could have said a lot more. But we really hope that this has given you some food for thought. Yeah. Something to go to the, to, you know, the coolers, the, your people, your work, yeah. your family, your Thanksgiving meals, and talk about. Um, we have an interesting stretch coming up. For those of you that don't know, we've entered the brutal part of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we are playing... We will be on the road for 11 straight days. And as the graphics showed on Saturday night's game on Root Sports, we will either be flying or playing a game every day for the next 11 games. Yikes. Um, And it's not just an easy game. I mean, we've got Philly in this trip. We've got – we obviously played the Bucks tonight. The next yeah. two games, we're facing the Pacers and the Grizzlies. Those are like frisky teams. Like they're not easy. Outs. I think it's a redemption game for Conley. Uh, yeah. We we have got to get that win in Memphis. And mm. to be honest with you, we got to win against Indiana. Oh yeah, definitely. Indiana. So I I suspect a win. I think we'll get a little fire from this. But I really think this this stretch coming up is going to be a strengthening, bonding, fiery furnace for this Jazz team. I like it. I like it. I just want to say, like you said, you know, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts, like you said, hey, with the water cooler, if you're listening, you know, talk. If this just encourages jazz thoughts, we love it. Um, we love the jazz. We encourage plagiarism on this show. If you want to steal an idea from us, talk about your. Friends. We're not going to sue you. We're not going to sue you. We, we, we try to list every thought that we get from other people. Yeah. And to be honest, you probably won't want to steal our thoughts because we're just, you know, we're just fans or whatever. But hey, if you like what we have to say. And you want to steal it? Steal it. Please. Or, yeah, bad mouth us. Uh, just talk about talk us anyway. Any media is, anyway. is good media. Anyway, yeah. Um, sign off the show. Any final thoughts? Trade everyone. Go Jazz. This has been the All That Jazz Podcast. We'll see you next time. See ya.